Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. I'm your host, John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. And if you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the largest African-American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. And today with me, I have my guest, co-host and media consultant for the Cincinnati Herald, Andrea Carter. How are you doing today, Andrea? Hi, John. It's, it's a great day today. How are you? I'm doing just fine. And we also have with us the circulation director of the Cincinnati Herald, Wade Lacey Sr. How are you doing today, Wade? Doing fine, John. It's good to be here. Good. We also have our Herald intern with us, Suhana Sinhan. How are you doing today, Suhana? I'm doing fantastic, John. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. And we also have our other Herald intern, Maeve Hamlet. How are you doing today, Maeve? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me. No problem. So let's head into some of the top news topics of the week. At least 16 people are dead and 147 others remain unaccounted for after a 12-story residential building partially collapsed in Surfside, Florida last week. A massive search and rescue operation has entered its seventh day on Wednesday as crews continue to carefully comb through the debris in hopes of finding more survivors. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? I, I think this is a very tragic story having lived in many apartment buildings you always feel that you have a sense of safety the building's taken care of and what we're slowly learning from this is that a lot of warning signs went um people did not pay attention and you know that story is still unfolding and i think you know each day we're they're finding more and more bodies and in fact i just saw just a little while ago that they found two small children um buried in the rubble so, I mean, it's just a tragic story that you, you know, just tugs at your heart so broadly. But at the same time, you have to wonder about inspections, wondering about who takes responsibility. And, you know, just as this case continues to unfold, it's just hopefully everyone is paying attention and learning from it as this goes on. Wade, your thoughts on this story? Such a sad and tragic uh, story. We, uh, watch TV and the movies and we see things like that and we just take it for granted and just say that that's TV or that's just the movies. Most of the time, uh, those stories come from somewhere. And in, in cases like this, you have a you may have a developer or someone that, that uses uh, shoddy uh, equipment or they uh, go on the cheap route with their cement or their steel beams and things like that. And this is what you have uh, happen. It's, it's like I said, something you see in the movies and, and you go, wow, you see a plane or something go down in the movies, you go, wow, and everything. But the, then you kind of relax and say, yeah, this is the movie. But in a situation like this, it's real life. And, and it, it reminds you of the Trade Center uh, when something like this, horrific like this happens. So um, very sad and tragic story. Suhana, your thoughts on this story? John, first of all, it's like terrible news. Um, my heart goes out to the families who have suffered in this. Um, at the same time, the news says that people were informed months prior, a few months prior before this incident happened, but this still doesn't give developers an excuse to let an incident like this happen under their supervision. If they knew the circumstances were bad, they should have either evacuated the people earlier or should have done a better assessment about how much that building can sustain or what's the circumstances that's going to unveil. I, I don't know how the families will be compensated out of this 
all circumstances because even if monetary wise it's taking care of the emotional trauma that people have gone through it might take them years to come out and it's such a sad incident and uh, this makes us think that we should or people who are living in houses or apartments should equally understand and take a warning from this and try to see what is the condition of the places they live in and check with their property managers or check their house history to see if it needs any certain repairs and insist on getting them done because it's such an unfortunate even it at what at most honesty uh we couldn't see the <clears throat> we couldn't see the severity coming our way so one must try to be prepared and yeah i i just hope people who are missing are found soon mave your thoughts you know this story is clearly a very devastating story and my heart goes out to all of their families and yeah i hope they're all found soon you know there it's still in question why this happened uh whether it was you know a sinkhole or sea level rise or something like that or um maintenance problems but you know it's scary this was a it was a luxury condo building and it's just i don't know it just seems very odd that it happened and um it's just very devastating I think the one thing John about this story is that the everyone's going to have to take a serious look at HOAs and the power that they have especially with that copy of that letter coming out from the president warning people that repairs needed and they needed to pay their assessment and no one was paying their assessment. I think, you know, people don't like HOAs but at the same time, how much power do they really have to enforce the assessment on their residents? There's going to be a lot of um outcomes from this tragedy that's going to either strengthen or weaken HOAs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That'll be something to look uh look at in the future. But John, before you get off with it, there's something also on there because that I saw a report that they go back as far as 2018 where they were warned that the building was uh, deteriorating. And oh, uh wow. and also when you have a, a a a place like this, you usually have money that's been set aside for years to take care of those things. So for them now to try to put it on the people that staying in the in the uh, homes that they recently received a, a, a notice or something saying that the building was was uh, having problems i think it's it's more of a try to uh, cover themselves uh because i know that they have a system in place you have to have a system in place for for upkeep of a building and uh for them now to to try to throw it off on the people uh, and said that they weren't paying their assessments and that's the reason why this is happening now i think is uh is cowards moving on to our next topic bill cosby is set to be released from prison after pennsylvania's highest court overturned the comedian's sex assault conviction the court said wednesday that it found an agreement with a previous prosecutor prevented cosby from being charged in the case the 83-year-old has served more than 2 years at a state prison near philadelphia Cosby has vowed to serve his full 10-year sentence rather than acknowledge any remorse over the 2004 encounter with accuser Andrea Constan. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? Well, one Cosby's home. He was released this afternoon and he was driven home, so he's out. I think um it's interesting that the Supreme the Pennsylvania Supreme Court released him on a technicality from the prosecutor's office, but they did not touch the case. of the or I should say the merit of the case. So I I just think that it's 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 a tragedy for the women involved in the situation who feel that they got justice now justice has been overturned. 
Um, at the same time, it's a tragedy because even though Cosby is guilty, he's still a victim of a, um, of a prosecutor who did not keep his word and did not follow through on the, what the old prosecutor promised in the case. So I think it's just um, a sad situation. And as, Al, as it was pointed out by um, Reverend Sharpton earlier today on the radio, he said, just think of how many other cases where the prosecutor went back on promises made in a case to get a, to get a prosecution instead of keeping, you know, keeping up appearances. Wade, your thoughts on the story? Well, piggybacking off of what Ms. Carter just said, it, it, it makes it very difficult in the future uh, for people to uh, come forward and, and agree with, with uh, make agreements with the prosecutors when they know that they will come back and, and uh, decide to do something else later on. For me right now, I, I, I was just wondering, I saw some of the video footage that looked, looked like someone had a drone uh, flying over when he came home. Uh, but I, I just wonder now with his age and all about his health. And I wonder what's to come in the next year or so with that. Uh, Suhana, your thoughts on this? John, I I almost didn't know who was Bill Cosby because he, I think he went out of scene around for a while now. But uh, hearing this news, it doesn't settle well with me. It's, it's a little... Um, uncomfortable to know that not enough enough decisions are made around the courts to provide justice to people. I don't know how to feel about this. This is, I believe, not right. But uh, even if he has got has just his freedom right now, I, I, I wish him all the best. And, and I think uh, he should not do the same things he did before to be prosecuted at the first place. Got one person got a second chance. I hope they make it right. Uh, Maeve, your thoughts on the story? You know, this story, I was in complete shock, to be honest, when I found this out. Hearing the news uh, when this all first came to the forefront was shocking because, uh, you know, you grow up watching Bill Cosby and he's such a familiar household name. And my heart goes out to the girls, the victims in the situation uh, to come forward. Uh, for like a sexual assault case, it takes major gut and especially against such a public and once loved figure. And then for that to be almost uh, their justice taken away, I can imagine how um, almost traumatizing that can be. But oh, this is just such a shocking story. You know, I didn't actually see this happening at all. So that's my only thoughts is I'm in complete shock about the whole situation still. So moving on to our next story. Producers working on the Timothy Chalamet upcoming Cincinnati shot film, Bones and All, are petitioning city council to allocate $50,000 to their security needs for the remainder of the production. Transport vehicles associated with the film have been broken into and guns have been stolen since production began in its first week of June. The burglaries have caused thousands of dollars in damage. Producer Teresa Park told city council, on Wednesday. She views the $50,000 ask as one that's offset by the amount of money film productions like this one bring to Cincinnati. Working in partnership with Film Cincinnati, a group that advocates for directors to shoot in the area. Bones and All has employed local workers, rented equipment from local businesses, and put up its staff in local hotels. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? I don't think city council should vote to give the production money. It's like any other business. 
they have to take care of their security like everybody else has to do, whether they're here permanently or not. I think unless the city owns a percentage of the production and that's part of their upfront money to help with the production per se, it shouldn't happen at all. We've had other films who've had issues before in the past and they have taken care of it. You know, I know this has been an um, extra sensitive issue because they've been broken in several times, but it also tells me that they've had not a secure enough security. Um, thinking that they could come to Cincinnati, it's not that big of a deal, they'll be fine, you don't have to lock a lot of stuff up. And um, because they probably think that Cincinnati is some country backwards town. I think if you're broken in once, okay, you're broken in twice, you beef up your security. They have not done their due diligence on what they need to do as business people, so they shouldn't be supported. Wade, your thoughts on this story? Uh, as Lincoln Ware would say, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> uh, security should be added in in the production costs. They should know they're going in. And for them to uh, talk about the, the hiring of different businesses, personnel and everything for different things for, for the production and all that, well, how about hiring some security uh, from the city also uh, from uh, local uh, uh, Cincinnatians? Uh, but again, going in, they should have added that into their, their production costs. I think everybody, when you start any type of business or anything like that, you you know you have a certain cost that you, you're going to run into uh, beforehand. And and security is one of those well, situations like that, uh, especially if you, you're using guns and things like that that you know people have a tendency to, to, to want and, and, and they think there's it's easy access to it, they're going to try to get it. So uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that they would uh, try to uh, rob the city like that, uh, knowing that there are certain things that they should do beforehand. Suhana, your thoughts on the story? John, when first I heard the story, it confused me for a second because uh, it made no sense to me that you got robbed and you're asking the city to pay you to compensate everything. Though this sounds like a fantastic idea and I would love if this is implemented for more people, but um, in under current circumstances, this does not happen. Logically, you would go to police or you would hire your own security personnel and you know you try to recover. You would have insurance on the material you bring Agreeing with Andrea and Wade, I don't think city should support their decision because this then, you know, brings out a lot of conversation about is the city selective in supporting people in tough circumstances? Uh, and, you know, that's just unnecessary extra controversy. But uh, I, I would like to understand from uh, which perspective the film crew comes and why did they think it would be a reasonable or normal idea to ask the city council for this, apart from the reasoning they have given. But um, I think now, now, if after this, they should just uh, hire their own security. And there's nothing more I can say in this case. Um, it's quite bizarre and something fun happens every day in Cincinnati. Well, to answer your question, Suhana, I, I know where they're coming from. I, I mean, a little bit as someone who, you know, studied film in college. You know, I'm going to assume this production is an independent film production, so they're not backed by like any of the big studios. So I guess that producer is saying, you know, I didn't account for this in my budget. Um, so let me see if I can ask 
city council for some money, but that's just one of those things where you need to set aside money, you know, for things that can go wrong. So I feel for the producer on that film because it's hard making a movie. So I can understand where they're coming from, but I, you know, but still it's, they shouldn't expect the city to uh, pay that. Um, you know, John, under yeah. like a different circumstances, uh, if, you know, they are here independent and they're, you know, trying to make it up into the movie business and they have suffered such casualty, like getting robbed, I think more than once. City out of just, if out of goodwill would like to help them out to encourage a good artistic environment in Cincinnati, that could be a thought, but uh, yeah. That, I mean, that could be also a perspective to see if <clears throat> if anybody agrees to that. Yeah, but I, like I said, I don't think they should get any money because like I said, plenty of studios have filmed here. That's just the way it is sometimes. It kind of sucks, but that's just the way it is. Um, but oh, maybe, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the other thing, if it's, it's, you don't want to set a precedent like that, because then all the other people that start coming uh, to film here will ask for the same thing. They will want you to, to put the bill for them uh, for security and things like that. And in this case, you're talking $50,000. In this case, it might be $150,000 or, or $200,000. So you don't, the city don't want to put themselves out like that and be subject to the same thing the next time somebody comes and says, oh, we want to do a film in Cincinnati. Uh, Maeve, what are your thoughts? Because you're the one who brought this um, story to my attention. So I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, Wade just stole my words out of my mouth. I was going to say, this is kind of a risky precedent to set for the city. And I do think that they should have thought about this beforehand. And also it bothers me because it paints Cincinnati as a dangerous city in a public perspective. And I think that might draw away future filmmakers to come to Cincinnati to want to film here if they think, you know, we're going to have to spend tons and tons of money or, you know, ask citizens to pay for our security for when we go there to shoot. I just think it's ridiculous. And I, I don't think that's uh, the citizen's responsibility one bit. And I think, too, you know, that the actors and the actresses that they're working with, they're, mul they're multimillionaires. Um, you know, I think they can afford to have their own security. And I think that might lessen the cost a little bit of, you know, their cars that they're getting broken into and whatnot. But like I said, you know, they should have been prepared. Cincinnati isn't dead. We're not in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's going to be some sort of crime in any city situation that you go in. You just have to think about that. Um, and then situations like this won't happen. And I also think too, kind of like Suhana said, um, it also kind of makes a public statement that if you know city council does agree to allow this to happen, it kind of shows that they are being selective in what issues they care about because cars are getting broken into all the time. Uh, crime rates are really high right now and these people aren't our citizens. So that's my thoughts on it. Moving on to our next story. The House of Representatives passed a bill Tuesday that would remove Confederate statues from the Capitol. According to Associated Press, the bill passed with a 285 to 120 vote, with the Democrats voting unanimously in support of the bill, with 67 Republicans also voting in support. The resolution would see that the statues of persons who served voluntarily in the military forces or government of the Confederate States of America 
or in the military forces or government of a state while the state was in rebellion against the United States after military services be removed from the National Statuary Hall collection in the Capitol and replaced. In addition, the bust of Roger Brooke Taney, the Chief Justice who wrote the Dred Scott decision, will be replaced by the first Black Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? It's about time. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Confederacy is part of our history, nation's history. It's part of, it will always be part of the nation's history, but I think it's time to honor other people who have helped contribute to the nation's history. I think the Democrats are seeing the light. They are um, taking care of their constituents who got them in office, uh, much to the dismay. But I think the fact that uh, so many Republicans also voted to support this shows that they do have some redeeming qualities and that maybe they're starting to get the message that, you know, if they help tackle some issues, I mean, I would have liked to instead seen them vote on, you know, the policing bill and the voting rights bill and a few other environmental issues bills but you know you have to start somewhere to build that bipartisanship and if it takes this to get a cohesive working group together in congress to get some things done then i'm all for it wade your thoughts uh like carter said it's about time on some of this stuff uh, i agree uh the confederacy was was part of our history and all that but uh over the years why would we need to celebrate you know, and that's what we've done with the statues and things like that all over the nation. We've uh, act like they were were heroes, and they were actually fighting against this country. Uh, so uh, it's about times that some of this stuff been removed and all that. But I hope we don't get too caught up into this spectacle and 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 get away from uh, those people in offices doing things that they need to do. Suhana, your thoughts on this story? John, John for a moment. I would like to take a second and uh, appreciate the fact that America has reached, in a world perspective, America has reached at such a golden point where they have found time to bring the leaders together and make culturally progressive decisions. I mean, uh, you know, the whole world, a part of the whole world is com in a complete mess. People, people don't even have time to uh, make decisions for the city's well-being, but uh, it's such a good place to be in America, where you know the leaders have time to make changes for positivity for their citizens, sending a good message out. Sometimes we we hold on to our past for a very long time, very dearly, and for evolution of human being, we must leave some things behind to move forward. In this case, it's due time that uh, we forget that part of the history and leave it behind from today onwards and replace it with a more progressive one so that the younger generation that comes ahead, they see a better message. Despite everything is kind of in a chaos still, we still have a lot more to achieve in terms of uh, wages for people or medical industry or easy access of medicine to people. But uh, it's nice to start somewhere. It's nice to give people a message out there that, hey, despite things, a lot of things are not in place, not everything is bad. Maeve, your thoughts? 
yeah, I'm actually really glad this happened because, you know, we learned in school that John Calhoun's main motto was slavery was an institution that benefited all. And I just don't think that's somebody that we should be honoring in our country's capital. So, you know, I'm glad people are kind of waking up and realizing um, what the Confederacy really stood behind and what they supported. And um, I think it's important to understand the history of the Confederacy, but not to honor it in the way that it once was honored uh, in the South. So I'm glad that, you know, they they took the time to acknowledge that and are making some progressive movements towards that whole situation. And our final story of the day, trustees at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill on Wednesday approved a plan to offer tenure to investigative journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones, capping weeks of tension that began when a board member halted the process over questions about her teaching credentials. The board voted nine to four to accept the application for tenure at a special meeting that included a closed door session. Andrea, your thoughts on this story? About time. That, that's, that, that's the most important thing I can say. Um, as an admirer of, of Ms. Jones and the work that she's done on the 1619 Project, and the fact that the board, this question, everything about what she's bringing to the table for the school, the notoriety, the, you know, the whatever, any other projects she's going to be working on. And for them to have one board member convince them to vote a different way um, because they objected to the 1619 project says a lot about the South and what is acceptable and what actually what the truth is. If you can't handle the truth, especially on a college campus, if you cannot handle the truth and be more open, then why are you there? You're shaping minds, you're shaping opinion. And, you know, I think the fact that they voted to give her tenure, they got a taste of what it's like to be a black person um, who has undergone a lot of racism. And they, they, they found out the hard way what it means. Um, and I think the fact that they didn't, they expected everyone to just go along with what they decided and it didn't happen that way. So I'm very happy for her and I'm glad to hear the news. Wade, your thoughts? When I look at this story, um, uh, it makes me think of Suhana because as I've listened to her over the last uh, several weeks and she's given her opinion on some of these topics and everything, it gives uh, light to the, uh, the country. A lot of times in the past, um, we've uh, went through a lot of these same issues and same things, and we hadn't seen any justice. And recently, we've seen a, a whole lot of justice here in the United States. And I listened to Suhana a lot, and, and, and it seems that uh, America is making an impression on her for meet, sometimes meeting the ideals that, that America said it has. And so uh, this story just brings brings me back to that 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 uh, that point or that place that uh, right now America has done a lot of things in a short period of time that they had not did in the past. And uh, uh, at this time, America uh, is starting to look or do the things that uh, people would expect America to do. Suhana, your thoughts on the story? First of all, sir, thank you so much for. Um seeing my impression on the country. And coming to the story, I feel 
it's a it's a good thing that it was due for miss hana and uh, i'm glad she got the tenure just before uh, her employment started officially but um at the same time it brings me to a more real more realistic practical more realistic and uh, what say currently going on issue which is the current state of adjunct professors uh, in the universities around the whole country so many professors work here around the universities to eventually wait that they will get a tenure but it's long due uh, long due years with very average pay and uh, i think if this situation can somehow spark um, a conversation or some kind of discussion about the difficulties some kind some adjunct professors go through i'm probably not doing a great justice in defining their cause but uh, the uh, after hearing a few incidents here and there around the universities it makes me think uh, about their well-being and the quality of the education that's are passed to us uh, and teachers mental health and well-being i think it's not being talked enough and uh, if success of this matter somehow can bring a discussion about how meritorious some professors are and are they getting treated the right way would uh, definitely bring a little relief to some group out there mave your thoughts i'm so glad that she um was granted this tenure and i think it's is like a huge symbolic thing um behind you know people of color in america and also you know the right to free press cuz i think it's so important that we have the right of free press and the authority to question these people in power and i think this is this whole situation is a perfect example of that um because the university tried to just you know go along and act like everything was all good and dandy and if we didn't have these people you know exposing these injustices and have these people standing behind her then it would have just continued to get swept under the rug and these things would continue to happen and justice would have not been served so i think this is really good and i think this is huge for um free press and and i'm proud of everybody that stood behind her and questioned the people of power and authority in this situation so everything could turn out right in the end well that's it for today folks we had a really lively discussion about these topics and i want to thank andrea Wade, Suhana, and Maeve for coming on. Thanks guys. And uh make sure to check out these stories we talked about today on our website at www.thecincinnatiherald.com. You can also check out our print edition, which is sold at your local Kroger, UDF, Walgreens, Joseph Beth Booksellers, and a select service stations. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, TuneIn Radio, and more. Just search for the Cincinnati Herald Podcast. Follow us at the Cincinnati Herald on Facebook. Follow us at Cincy Herald on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow us on YouTube. Just search for the Herald TV. I'm John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald, and have a good day. Mm-hmm.